welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast and part of a series we are bringing to you in partnership with Achievers. Achievers want to build engagement that makes a difference. With solutions to employee recognition and employee voice, they want to change the way the world works by leveraging the science behind behaviour change to deliver sustainable, data-driven business results anywhere in the world. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and this week I'm joined again by Dr. Natalie Baumgartner, who is the Chief Workforce Scientist at Achievers. This is the fourth and final podcast of our four-part series with Achievers, and I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Natalie back as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. As with the last few episodes, we will continue to take a deep dive into Achievers' 2020 culture report and cover four key recommendations, breaking them down and discussing their potential impact to the culture of your organisation. In today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be focusing on the concept of leveraging employee voice and understanding what this means for employers and HR. But before we dive into the main bulk of the podcast and share best practice tips in this area, I think it's a good idea to identify what is actually meant by employee voice. So, Dr. Natalie, what is meant by employee voice? Well, hi, Sophie. It's uh, lovely to speak with you again. And, and it's a great question. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to level set a, a definition. So, we know employee engagement has a tremendous impact on productivity, turnover, profitability. But employee engagement is fluid. So it changes not only month to month or week to week, but within the course of a single day. And in order to then best engage our people, we have to gather information and feedback on how they're doing. And that is employee voice. It's the regular conversations between managers and employees. It's the pulse survey data and continuous listening data that comes out of those sorts of platforms, all of those tools are providing that feedback that tells us how our employees are doing. It provides us with their voice. And and so that's really what we mean by when we talk about the importance of employee voice. So I suppose it's really, as you say, about having that regular conversation, that open dialogue between employees and their line managers and those at the top of the business. Why would you say it is so important for HR senior execs and employers to listen to their staff members? And you briefly touched upon it, but what is the knock-on impact on employee engagement? Well, having access to the voice of your employees is really the only way that you can take effective action on real information rather than relying on assumptions or gut feelings about how people are doing. According to the Achievers Workforce Institute 2020 culture report, which came out halfway through 2020, we found that organizations that conduct pulse surveys four or more times a year actually have employees with higher levels of engagement. And what's more, according to the Achievers Workforce Institute manager and power report that just came out last month, 77% of employees are more honest in surveys than in conversations with their managers. And that statistic really struck us because we are at Achievers, right? We are an employee engagement platform technology company, and, and, and we really promote many different ways for employees to be engaged within their organization and really focus on how do we empower leaders to be supporting their employees. But 77% of employees said, At the end of the day, I'll be more honest about how I'm doing in a survey than I will in conversation with my manager. So it just all of that goes to show how important it is not only to be 
listening to your people. And we talked about why that's important because we, we need to know how to solve their problems, but also to be providing a very safe mechanism where by which they can offer confidential feedback so that we know we're getting really accurate insight into how our people are doing. So from what you said, though, obviously quite a staggering number of people did say that they would be more honest in surveys than with their managers. And of course, as you said, you know, using these surveys to gain feedback can be a great way for organisations to make effective change. But is there such thing as being surveyed too much? And what could the implication of this be if employees feel that they're constantly being bombarded with surveys from their employers? It's a great question. And and it's really a common concern. Many HR leaders worry about this concept of survey fatigue. And at the Achievers Workforce Institute, we are known for saying that we believe there is no such thing as survey fatigue, only in action fatigue. And what we mean by that is that so long as organizations are doing something with the data that they take in, that they're solving problems for employees that what we find is that employees are very willing to complete surveys. In fact, that manager empowerment report that came out last month also found that 58% of employees want to be surveyed more often. And um, and I always, I always want to take a moment to say, that doesn't mean that you have to have solutions to every problem. Taking action doesn't mean that you have to solve every problem that you gathered this quarter before next quarter. What it means is that we need to listen, to let employees know that they've been heard, and to let them know which problems can be solved now and which problems can't be solved, or at least not yet. And and as long as we're doing that, then we find that employees continue to be enthusiastic about giving their feedback. And in fact, we see to your earlier question about, you know, what's the sort of knock-on impact on engagement, we see positive impact on employee engagement even if we can't immediately solve problems, simply by asking and then coming back to employees to say, we've heard you and we're, and we're working on it. I guess the following question to that is, what exactly would you say that best practice looks like around surveying employees? Do you perhaps have a couple of key pointers that you could share with our listeners today, please? Absolutely. Well, it's important first to remember, um, hearkening back to the beginning of our conversation, that engagement is fluid. So regular, you know, annual or semi-annual engagement surveying is simply not efficient. We find that best practice is a balance between pulse surveying, and we typically recommend with pulse surveying, which is a smaller set of questions that we survey three or four times a year. So often enough to keep your finger on the pulse of engagement, that's the name, but still providing enough time between those three or four surveys to act, right? We talked about the importance of being able to act on and solve problems. Also, it's important to balance length and comprehensiveness. So you want the survey, because you're asking three or four times a year, you want it to be as short as possible while still covering the core areas. And again, we want to make sure that there's enough time to act between those surveys. So our Achiever's own Pulse survey, so our standard Pulse product offers a survey that has 15 core questions. And then um, we include an additional four manager effectiveness questions. And then with COVID, we've added in a couple of other questions as well. But we still have, all of that said, less than 25 questions total that we ask. We, We ask them four times a year. And each question has a very specific purpose. It's even better than to take that, your pulse serving, and complement it by adding in an always on feedback mechanism. So this typically is some sort of technology tool, but something that allows you to capture input 
at any point. So an employee can say, just right now, I'm having a challenge. And what we find is that when you have that kind of a tool, that you can t- typically act on those problems before they become more intracted and before they become more systemic. And then last, I would just say the last best practice is take action. And I spoke about it just a moment ago, but there's nothing more important than this. So I'll, I'll reiterate it. If you're not taking action, then the listening you're doing is not having the impact that you're intending. And in fact, can have detrimental effects. So employees must be seeing you taking action on their feedback. Again, that can be simply to say, I hear you, we're working on it. We don't have a solution yet, if, if that's all that's possible. Um, or you will find that they'll stop being engaged in the surveying process. Hey, well, thank you. You've given us some great tips there. Moving on to the next question. Why would you say it's so important that HR and employers actually think about leveraging employee voice? Um, And ultimately, what would you say the overall impact on the business and the bottom line is if, you know, this is well executed? Engagement is truly the lifeblood of organizations. It's the fuel that drives your your company, because if your employees are not engaged, they simply cannot be productive. And and that has a tremendous impact on the bottom line profitability of your organization. So in order to protect that lifeblood, that fuel of engagement, we must monitor and manage it actively. And as I've mentioned, organizations that survey more often simply have employees with higher levels of engagement. And most employees want to be surveyed more often. This is what we're hearing from them. So taking that targeted action based on feedback, voice from your employees to solve problems and drive results to meet employee needs improves engagement. And we know categorically that increased levels of engagement lead to higher levels of employee satisfaction, lower levels of turnover, and ultimately higher levels of productivity and profitability. It's 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 a well-understood dynamic. So we really talk a lot about the need to shift from thinking about engagement as sort of an annual or every two-year survey that gets conducted and ends up, you know, in a in a really hefty report that may or may not get acted upon. And to help an organization's shift to thinking about engagement as just a simply a day-to-day way of doing business. Lightweight, don't get too grandiose in terms of these projects to gather data over long periods of time. Instead, keep your finger on the pulse of engagement regularly, which gives you a much greater likelihood of solving problems and increasing engagement and thus the positive impact on the profitability of your company. Just wanted to say that I really liked that quote that you said at the beginning there about how engagement is the lifeblood. And it's particularly true, isn't it, really, when you think about the the positive impact that engaged workforces can have on various other areas of the business. But I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Dr. Natalie Baumgartner, who is the Chief Workforce Scientist at Achievers for joining us today. To find out more about leveraging employee voice or to recap on some of the other topics discussed in previous podcast episodes, including considering culture alignment, supporting managers, improving staff recognition, we will include links below to Achievers' full 2020 culture report. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. 